Hey there, iFounders. Welcome to episode seven. This one is sure to make you laugh and will definitely open up that appetite. We hope you enjoy it. Welcome to I Found Her, the podcast where we discuss all things adoption and reunion, but with a twist. I'm Taya, the adopted one of this duo, and with me is my birth mom, Roz. How are you today, Roz? Taya, thank you. You sound so cheerful today. And I know that there's so many things that go on between our podcasts because we do have a life outside of this, right? Mm -hmm. So we're busy. But that last episode, Taya, the word trauma permeated in my brain. And I felt sad sometimes because I never connected that word trauma Mm -hmm. to what you had experienced and how you even said I experienced trauma. Yeah. And how the triad experiences trauma. So I've been thinking a lot about how we use that and how we brought up the various emotions that the word trauma can cause when you're separated at birth. But I think you explained it so well and you provided resources of different books that helped you establish that understanding and that validity to what you were using by expressing the different layers of trauma for all of us. So I had to get over that feeling because it did bring up some new feelings, even though we've been talking about this for a long time. But the new feelings that the last episode brought up, just the word trauma, kind of set me up a little bit to just, you know, chill out, think Mm -hmm. about what happened, and just be so grateful to God for where we are today. Yeah, I agree. I think it, you know, when I think about, like we've said, we've been doing this for a while, this reunion, and just things that weren't discussed, because I think in in this space that we're creating, we're able to kind of unpack the mm-hmm. various layers from a different lens, from a different perspective. Um, and it's, it's in some ways maybe teaching, you know, and, and. Oh, it definitely and, is teaching me a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I think, like I said, I'm familiar with that term through my, through my practice, through what I do as a therapist, but it was insightful. It was very different for me to attach that word trauma to my own separation from you at birth. You know, right. I would have used that word trauma in my more, I guess, the years that I have memory, you know, yes. you know, when when I'm able to say, oh, yeah, when this happened or that happened, that definitely felt you know traumatic but to hear it in the context of it from the beginning that was new for me to take in as well which is why I think it was so um necessary to bring it out in this space that we're in because right. again both of us we didn't we didn't connect it on that level 
But again, your language that you shared um, in previous episodes, I think is why it made even more sense that, yeah, that does fit that, that lens, that perspective. And, um, and it, and it overall, I believe that last episode, again, was just a connecting to this perspective that we're kind of bringing out in each of our, our episodes around this coming home, you know, Mm -hmm. and, Mm -hmm. and, and again, it, it, it was this opportunity for me to think even more about the power of genetics and so much so that after our last episode, I started to say, okay, what, what more do I need to understand about who I am? And I decided to pull out what is called non-identifying background information about my adoption and birth parents. This is a a letter that I got through the adoption agency when I decided to see if there was any way that I could get uh, consent or understanding around, hey, could I find you? And so I found this, you know, tucked away and and I will definitely kind of unpack some of what I learned from it. But I also realized too, that in doing even more of this research around being um, a closed adoption, I found out that, that California is a closed adoption state, which basically means that all identifying information is considered confidential. So much so that my records are sealed. And so this is why I don't have access to my original birth certificate. I would actually have to file a petition to see if I could even obtain it. And then there's a lot of steps involved in that. And I, and I hadn't really even thought about, oh, what does my original birth certificate look like? Again, going back to previous episodes, when I was informed that I had an original birth name and that I actually have an amended birth certificate, that's when it kind of clicked. Oh, there is actually a first birth certificate. So, I mean, can you believe, you know, certain things that I think are just the rights of, you know, a person are denied um, for a person who is adopted. I I would have to go through quite a bit to get my original birth certificate. Can you believe that? No, it's it goes back to I guess the seventies, the era we lived in mm-hmm. when I was pregnant and you were adopted. So many things were kept away yeah. from those affected. And I almost want to say, how dare they set those limitations on someone who wants to find their birth parents or birth parents who want to find their child? There must have been some really interesting or perhaps terrible things that happened where they felt they needed to just put a seal on it so that nobody could find out anything. And you expressed how 
difficult it was for you to try to find me until you came across Pamela Slayton. So what a blessing that was. But yeah. no, I can't believe the lengths that you would have to go through just to find your original birth certificate or the origin of your story and how you came to be in this world. You're yeah. still a blessing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I think it reminds me of like if we connect back again to the fact that I saw the Run DMC documentary, which highlighted Pamela Slayton as a reunion specialist and the ability for her as an outsider to have access to something so personal. Yeah, and you did not. Right. And I, and I kind of remember thinking, how is it that someone on the outside is able to, because of their specialty, have access to something, you know, so personal? I mean, I'm thankful for it. And I think given the time frame of when all of this was occurring, you know, we know that more people use things like 23andMe and Ancestry.com and, you know, Facebook, of course, wasn't as much as it is now. Um, so all of those different tools help people find their person. And for me, it did, I think it was just, hmm, maybe it was God's providence as to how I got I gathered that information, how I came upon the information I, I had that then led me, you know, to the steps that I was able to take. But yeah, I just, I find it interesting when you really start to go back and revisit this journey, that there are just certain, you know, rights, certain things that as an adopted person, I don't have access to. And I know laws are changing in some states and, and they're reversing things, um, which I think is great. But based on just the preliminary research that I did, California is still considered a closed adoption state. Um, but, you know, to kind of go a little further, I, I wanted to kind of talk even more about heritage in our okay. in our time today um i think it would be an interesting uh segue from our last podcast when we kind of touched on you know the family reunion and mm -hmm. and and all the activities that we did and you had made a comment about um how we were we were doing this and that and there was this time when all of us sat together, just as we had sat together with my adoptive parents in their home, how we all sat together around, you know, this huge pot of gumbo Ooh, that, yeah. my, that my grandmother made. And so that actually kind of prompted me to think about, yeah, we need to, we need to talk a little bit more about ancestry, culture, and such. Um, what do you think? What do you think? Do you think that's a, a good topic for us today? Yes, it sounds yummy because I love food. 
that's true. That's true. That's true. So, yeah, I mean, one of the things I want to step back a little bit and, and connect on is this, this idea again with genetics, right? DNA. It, it, it prompted me and I had this, ended up having this very vivid memory um, of when I, when I actually joined the military, when I joined the army and they asked me if I knew my blood type and I was like, blood type, what do you mean? So that was actually the first time that I found out what my blood type was. It was the first time that I really honed in on the fact that I really don't know my medical history because at that time, all I did was attach it to my adoptive parents. There was not a distinction that was made at that time about family history because I just kind of connected it to who my family was. But in this time of joining the military, I started to, you know, acknowledge and say even more out loud that I was adopted. And with that meant, I really truly didn't know my actual family medical history. And that actually prompted me to consider searching for you even more so that I could learn more about these genetic predispositions. If there was anything in my family line that I needed to be aware of, but it actually took until I was 28 years old to actually drum up the courage to even try to see if looking for you was something that I could do. One of my childhood friends is the one who encouraged me to reach out to the adoption agency to see if actually I could access anything about you. And that was when I submitted the request and received this non-identifying background information. And that was the first time that I realized that the family is from Louisiana. Um, so let me pause there because I feel like I've just said a lot. Kind of, kind of let me know where can you fill in the gaps there for you know where I'm trying to go with talking about genetics and ancestry. Yes, I'd be happy to, darling. <laughs> That's right. Louisiana. When you started saying that to me, <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> yes, Louisiana. I'm proud to say that I was born and raised there for part of my childhood before we moved to California. We look at the identification of culture versus nationality mm -hmm. in Louisiana. It's predominantly Catholic and everyone who's fair complexion like us used the word Creole. And Creole is a mixture it's like a pot of gumbo of all the ingredients of various nationalities that came together way, way back to our ancestry, starting from when they came from Europe, mingled with the Native Americans and West Africans in Louisiana, and created this culture that we call Creole. So you might do some research and see some identifying things as well. But 
heritage from Louisiana is beautiful. The people are beautiful and their skin tones range from fair to a beautiful mahogany mm. of richness based on the mixture of the cultures and food is very, very important to uh, us. <laughs> At least it's important to me. So when my mom made that pot of gumbo for us, that might've been your first taste of gumbo. You'll have to tell us that. But there's so many other foods. Could I mention a few? Oh yeah. Oh yes. Because our audience might be familiar with it. Filet gumbo, mm. okra gumbo, Red beans and rice, mm. stuffed bell peppers. Oh. oh, my mouth is watering. <laughs> Jambalaya, <gasps> shrimp or crawfish etouffee. Yes. Oyster dressing. Yeah. Kalaz, which is like huh. beignets. Ooh. And pan pata, which is basically made from sweet potatoes. <gasps> now, there's one thing I don't like, only because I know what it is. Mm. And my Parents call it Kawayan. That's mm. that little French twist on the word turtle. Oh. When I saw them preparing Kawayan, even though it smelled good and tasted good, once I found out that it was a turtle, I could not eat it. Okay. But my husband and other relatives eat it as though it's the best thing since French bread. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's just foods that we're accustomed to. What kind of foods were you accustomed to, Taya, since we have a, a little bit of a different upbringing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's interesting because, you know, although, although I was placed in a Black family, my adoptive family did not represent my cultural background. So I, I didn't have all of these different foods that you're bringing up until I was on my own, right? Mm -hmm. And 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 so, you know, yes, there was there were things like um pig's feet mm. and uh chitlins and I'm and there's probably a, a twang to how to say that. Um <laughs> there yeah I do remember red beans and rice, um greens, collard greens, mustard greens, um liver and onions mm. uh there's there's yeah i mean uh, there's yams sweet potato pie oxtails oxtails egg we we ate them it wasn't one of my favorites not so much i think i was big on the gravy and the rice and all of that that came with it but it was it was definitely not the easiest thing to eat it didn't have the most meat right mm -hmm. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I will say that, you know, that that was what I was raised to eat. Did I always partake in, in some of those foods? No. And I think that's just being a, a picky kid, a picky eater. And when you kind of learn a little bit about some of the foods, you're, you're like, I don't know, just like, I didn't like vegetables either, you know? So I think that was just <laughs> part of being a kid. Um, yeah. But but I didn't I don't think I recognized that it wasn't um, that I didn't really embrace the culture of the food until I was much older. And, mm -hmm. and now 
I love, you know, all the different foods. The, some of the things, some of the ones you named, I, I don't think I've had, but most of what you named, I have had. And I like the gumbo. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. And so, you know, again, I'm, I'm coming back to that day of when we first had it, you know, all together as a family and something that was unique that I had never done at that point in my 37, 38 years of living was to have potato salad on the side. That was just like, what? Rice, of course, but potato salad. And that was the best thing ever. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, I could make a potato salad sandwich. Oh, wow. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. It's especially with a slice of ham or turkey. Oh. You know how after Christmas or Thanksgiving and you have turkey or yeah, yeah. ham leftovers? Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. Mm -hmm. Because there will always be potato salad. Okay. But to put that between a slice of bread, the potato salad and the turkey or ham. Best sandwich ever. Oh, my gosh. Wow. I think we're going to have our audience wanting to probably go cook or go find their favorite restaurant after this one. Because I know for me, I am like salivating about, oh, my God, if only, if only I could have that right now. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll go get it after this episode. But I, I, I think bringing it into you know the context of what we're talking about it 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 reminds me again that there's just so much about the culture in louisiana um that i didn't have knowledge of and and in those first couple of years of us reuniting you know we we traveled you know quite a bit yeah and and i remember attending the family reunion, um, us traveling to New Orleans and kind of having you guys, including my grandparents, kind of be the guides through the city. And we stopped at this place and that place and all these places. And yes, every stop had food. But I, as I list, as I think about that now, I'm I'm being reminded of just how meaningful again that time was because again it was another representation of me being introduced to the family being um introduced mm -hmm. to the culture me being allowed to come home again yeah yes, yeah. yes. everybody was so excited to meet you too for the first time Many relatives were even shocked that I had given you up for adoption because, you know, it was such a huge secret for so many decades. So they were meeting you for the first time. The food, the dancing, mm -hmm. the activities in New Orleans, mm -hmm. it was a never ending reunion of everybody. Yeah. And you saw the different shades of beauty yeah. of our family. You heard the accents yes. that some of our relatives have in New Orleans. I 
I love it. I laugh when I hear some of them talk because it's so unique. Mm -hmm. So people will have to listen to a typical person from New Orleans give their conversation a few minutes to just digest it and understand it and love it because it, it sounds wonderful. But that reunion brought you to the roots, I guess. Yeah. It, for lack of a better way to explain mm -hmm. it. We showed you where I was born, where our parents, my parents lived right. and grandparents. It was after Hurricane Katrina, I mm -hmm. believe. So mm -hmm. we had to see some of that. Right. Uh, a terrible thing that happened in Louisiana. But we had to show you a part of my heritage history because mm -hmm. that is yours mm -hmm. and i think you immediately absorbed everything from the taste the smell the visual effect of new orleans and how a lively city that it is and the relatives we didn't stop dancing you even learned to do that dance that we all do called the second line yeah waving the handkerchief yeah <laughs> And it was like, look at Taya doing the second line. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my we had, gosh. We had so much fun. And our kids and grandkids had a ball because, of course, everybody was there. From the oldest ancestor to the babies, everyone yes. was there. And I was so proud to show you off to my family, Taya, you yes. and your husband. Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm being reminded of the different homes that we went to and, and just being a, an observer because so many stories were told and I was able to, I remember hearing stories from my grandfather about you as a little kid and <laughs> Yeah, he embarrassed me, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I remember just the stories and just, again, like you said, just the fact that there's such a, a richness to, to the culture. And I think, again, you know, by default, I did feel overwhelmed too because it's so much to take in and try to see yourself through, you know, this person and that person and that person. But but every place we went, there was food. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of the common denominator that allowed us to break bread and yes. and and just like I said, connect. It was it was just a beautiful beautiful time to learn, um, and now I don't I don't I look I can't look at New Orleans the same anymore because now I recognize that I'm a part of that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And before it was just another city, you know, a place to go visit, and now, you know, when we travel and we've gone, it's it's like okay, yeah, I'm a part of this. Yes, you are. I remember you told me one time in a conversation that because of your complexion, some people said, oh, you must be Creole. And that was before you knew about that culture. And now 
to know that you're part of it. How does that make you feel? Yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I remember being, you know, having people reference that you're probably Creole. And, you know, as a young person, you're like, what is that exactly? And, and yes, it much of it was attached to, you know, the shade of my skin. Um, and you've even helped me understand that that Creole is not a race, that it's a culture, right? Um, but I did, you know, kind of learn that, okay, that means that, you know, there's some French, African-American, Native American history involved. Um, and it, and it, did, it did make sense, but I think it made that much more connection for me when I realized, oh, okay, so this is part of my heritage. This is part of my ancestry. And no wonder um, when I was fully, fully introduced to all the different foods, right? Mm -hmm. that it was like my taste buds were, were like, oh my God, I've been missing out. You know, <laughs> it, the, the taste, the, the, oh, you know, I, I'm, I'm over here, like I said, I'm just salivating because that truly was coming home too. Yes, it was. <laughs> I, I thoroughly enjoy all the different foods um, that we have in our culture. And, and I the think music, remember the, the music? music? Oh my goodness. Yes. New Orleans is a rich place. Everyone yeah. should visit there. And you know what? We're going to have to go back there. Right. <laughs> I think we've yeah. gone a few times since yeah. that mm -hmm. reunion. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, you know, let's just plan another trip. Yeah. Of the many that we will be planning. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I, I will say that, you know, this, this sense of understanding my biology even more now has me able to envision, you know, my future self even more. Um, seeing... The, the different family members, you know, I, I, I'm able to see how my face will age. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm also able to see, you know, my talents. Um, and, and again, just the power of the DNA, the power of um, genetics. And, and I'm also kind of connecting to this, this perspective, the phenomenon around nature versus nurture, you know, nature being the DNA, um, even through the nature, um, rather the nurture of my adoptive parents, mm -hmm. there's, there's, there's a mixture of both in me, right? Because yes. there's parts of, of my adoptive family that in no way will I deny, you know, they make me who I am. But now having more of a connection to to my DNA, my genetics of of the nature of my of my family, that as well makes me who I am. And yes. and I and I guess that just makes me a very multifaceted person. <laughs> yes, you are. Look at you. <laughs> yes. So what else comes to mind for you when you when you think about, you know, ancestry, the culture. That is something that everyone should want to identify with and explore even deeper. 
what we're doing with this podcast is we're, bring, we're bringing up sprinkles of that information, but allowing ourselves to really absorb how important ancestry is, our heritage. The little things like, you know, the complexion of our skin, the shape of our nose, eyes, ears, mouth, that's important and that's what makes you, you, Taya, and what makes me, me, and everyone in our family. So I love the idea that we tapped into heritage, cultural history, background. Yes, we talked about food and we're salivating <laughs> as a result of that. But the music and the dynamics of the Southern states and mm -hmm. the people that came into those Southern states, like we mentioned some West African heritage that whether they were slaves or not, they're part of our heritage. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm so much, you know, there's, there's a quote that I've held and I want to, I want to definitely share in this episode because what I'm also connecting on in, in our time here is that, you know, we're unpacking so many different layers and, and I feel like this quote really kind of hones in on what we're doing. So so I want to share it and, and have us kind of talk it through a little bit as well. Um, but it's it's again another another reference from the book Coming Home to Self by Nancy Barriere. And here it goes. It says those who do not have power over the story that dominates their lives power to retell it, deconstruct it, joke about it, and change it as time changes, truly are powerless because they cannot think new thoughts. This quote is from Solomon Rushdie. What do you think about that? That quote to me, connects so much to what we're doing. Yes, it does. When it said we control how to have the power to deconstruct and tell our story, that's exactly what we've done. And Taya, you started with wanting to tell the story, which could eventually become a book, mm -hmm. maybe even a movie, because when I first told the story to some friends, at a meeting, they said, that should be a movie. Mm -hmm. We'll help you write the screenplay. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like telling the story. We are empowered. And mm -hmm. I recently attended and participated in an empowered women in wellness conference that allowed women to come together and empower each other and in turn empower themselves to present information that would benefit and add value to other people's life. So this is a perfect quote that kind of captures all of what we are doing in this podcast, what you are doing by bringing us together to have these vivid conversations. And now we're no longer powerless. We yeah. are empowered. Yeah, yeah. And and I think, you know, if we even go back to, um, you know, earlier when we started our 
you know, recording of this podcast, we we said that, you know, we would have so many different emotions. And and I think today is definitely feeling like a lighter episode, right? Yeah. Because because we're laughing a lot more um, and we're reminiscing on some very happy times. Uh, I, I think that, again, that just speaks to the perspective around, you know, this whole adoption and reunion and connecting because it, it is a very layered story. And, mm-hmm. and I'm, and I'm appreciative of the fact that, you know, today we, we kind of focused on the perspective of ancestry and heritage and, and connecting on, you know, food and culture and, and just all that is such a necessary part of, of understanding ourselves that much more. I hope that as we are, you know, we call our podcast, we named our podcast, I Found Her. I, I find that we are also finding ourselves that much more, right? We're, we're unpacking the various layers of ourself as yes. women. And so I think there's so much depth in this. And I appreciate you so very much, Ross, for, for doing this journey with me. Well, can I just add a little lighter touch? Okay. Just so our audience might say, what is this about the Creole culture Mm. that we might simply identify as black or white? Mm -hmm. Because sometimes you just don't know. But there are several people who identify with Creole. I'll mention a few that you may know, and maybe you don't. Beyonce. Mm. Sheila E. Prince, Debbie Allen and her sister, Felicia Rashad, Lynn Winfield, Don Lemon on CNN, Condoleezza Rice, and Brett Favre, the famous football player. Wow. They have that Creole culture inside of them. How they express it may be different from how we expressed it today. But Mm -hmm. I just thought I'd throw that out so that the next time you see Beyonce or mm. the Neville brothers or mm. Prince recording, you might say, hmm, that's an interesting way to look at these people that we've seen either on TV or in concerts or movies. We're a part of that. Yeah, the diversity, the diversity yes. of it all. Yes, yes. Well, Everyone, we hope that you, again, enjoyed our show. And you can show us that by rating and reviewing us on Spotify, Google, and Amazon Podcasts. Please be sure to come back on April 19th for more content. Until then, this is Taya and Roz, where we talk all things adoption and reunion, but with a twist. Thank you.